0: This is a presentation of Paterson Media. Amplify Canada is an initiative created by Paterson Media, designed to celebrate and elevate small businesses, the backbone of our economy. Thousands of small businesses, groups, Family organizations and individuals are showcased on Paterson Media Radio stations from Winnipeg to Vancouver throughout the year. Every month, we go deeper and share the incredible journey of a few that have made an impact on their community. Some have flourished, others may need a little extra love and support. These are their stories. Welcome to Amplify Canada. each episode, we highlight local musicians. This time, it's Vancouver-based Deer
1: Rouge, who I'll introduce you to at the end of the podcast. On this show... I already invested thousands of dollars into my business. So I was a sitting duck with all this overhead, so I figured, you know what, right now everyone's stuck at home, so they need something to do. By the time I was able to start, I sold over 350 cookie kits. Candace Funk will talk about how the internet
0: saved her business.
2: I've never met 60% of my team members face-to-face ever. And I don't say that as a point of pride, like it's necessarily a good thing. It's just the nature of the pandemic and how it's changed the way that we work.
0: Business success in the new age of technology will be the thread Theodora Jean will provide throughout the podcast as owner of a successful media and PR company, Coldwater Communications.
3: When they shut us down, I decided to start just teaching live classes from my living room at home. And I didn't charge for them. And they grew into being 172 live classes that I offered to the community
0: just to keep us connected. That's Dina McLeod. And as yoga studios were shut down, online yoga became the new norm. We'll talk to Dina and the owner of Oxygen Yoga & Fitness, Lacey Christine, about where wellness is at.
4: There's a less familiar story about COVID-19. The crisis is boosting innovation with the emergence of brand new ideas and with the application of existing ones in surprising new ways.
2: The crisis has caused an acceleration in adoption of technologies.
4: This is pushing the world further into the future, often at breakneck speed.
0: Businesses are being forced to adapt or face extinction. Hi there, I'm Linda Freeman, your host for Amplify Canada.
1: Just what are digital computers? Are they superhuman
0: machines that can solve any kind of problem? Are they man-made monsters that perform mathematical miracles in millions of a second? Technology has changed the way we do business. It has opened doors for small businesses, catapulting some into the big
5: business scene. We are in a big global economy. I think a lot of small businesses learned a lot of very powerful lessons that, to a degree, small is the new big. That's futurist Jim Carroll,
0: Now, don't get me wrong. For over two years, small businesses have been hit hard. They've had to shift, reinvent, persevere, and sadly for some, close altogether.
4: COVID crisis has impacted so many industries as the virus forced businesses across the country to close their doors. Mom and pop shops, as you know, were especially
0: hard. The Canadian Federation of Independent Businesses data shows 14% of small firms say they're considering declaring bankruptcy or shutting their businesses. To break it down a bit better, the number of threatened businesses could be as high as 222,000, depending on how the coming months unfold jeopardizing, potentially, close to 3 million jobs. There is no doubt the pandemic has forever changed the way we work and do business. Business owner or not, we've become connoisseurs of technology, and it's here to stay. On this episode, we explore the importance technology plays in business. This country is built on small businesses. Let's listen to the stories of the changing face of technology and its key to the survival of Canadian small businesses.
5: I think there's deep transformational trends which have unfolded here that guys like me have predicted for a long time, that have a massive benefit to society overall. The acceptance of what were once crazy technologies into our lives has disappeared. We've seen sort of this cross-generational connection work. I mean, if you look at a two-year-old who is connected virtually with their grandfather or grandmother by an iPad, by a Zoom or something, it's magical. In the world of healthcare, I mean, practical applications, 25 years ago, I was saying, look, we can do a lot in the world of healthcare if we virtualize it. We do virtual visits and we talk to our doctor, by a computer. It took the pandemic to force that issue. I think a lot of people have discovered the beauty and time savings by doing a simple five minute call with a doctor as opposed to a 45 minute drive with a visit. The pandemic made everything faster. So the gap that was there before, between the ability of organizations to deal with the future and that rate of change, it was there. And now it's astronomically bigger. And so if you're not of a mindset that I'm gonna do everything I can to keep up in my industry, with the trends as they are unfolding, you're going to fall behind. That was
0: futurist Jim Carroll, who was introduced to us in Episode 7, Small is the New Big, where we talked about business to business and how the pandemic catapulted some small businesses into the big business arena. He certainly nailed it 25 years ago. I guess that's why he's a futurist. But it certainly sets the tone and stage for the importance of small businesses and the role technology plays. We start our story on the West Coast in Langley, British Columbia, a 10 square kilometer urban center located in the heart of the Lower Mainland's economic region and boasts over 346 acres of parkland. It is also home to One Fish, Two Fish, owned by Heather Jenkins. At 14, Heather started working at a fish market and 30 years later, well Heather, you tell
6: the story. I made $2 an hour and made $1,000 that summer. So I worked a lot. I had lots of fun. I enjoyed it. And then I had a couple of years where I didn't. When I was 17, I went back to the fish market and started working there. And I've been there ever since. I I guess I was about 20 and I realized I really liked my job. One of my sales reps because I was managing two stores at the time asked me if I wanted to open a fish market and if I would be her partner. And I said, I'm 23 years old. What have I got to lose? Worst thing that happens is it doesn't work. And I loved coming to work every day. Then I bought her out in 2005. She decided it wasn't for her anymore, but we have stayed friends and opened in 1998. I love coming to work every day. My community has been supporting me so well for so many years, and I love to support them. I couldn't be happier, really. Right now, I work about three to
0: four days a week in the store. It is such a unique story. Did you like fishing growing up? I've actually never caught a
6: fish myself. It just kind of fell in my lap and I enjoyed it. I was really good at it and I knew that I could give the community what they needed and educate more about sustainable choices and help make a movement in the industry, which I do believe I've done.
0: Well, for sure, sustainability is a big part of what you do. And you've partnered with the national OceanWise program.
6: They have the OceanWise program where the restaurants would sign up to have sustainable seafood choices. And I went to them and said, I want to be OceanWise. I already do that. This is what I do. And so I ended up being the first fish market in the Lower Mainland to become OceanWise. And they were happy to oblige me, which was nice. So I've always worked to make sure that my choices that I have in the store are sustainable, giving options to customers and educating them. 2009 was when we got our certification, but I was doing it much before that, trying to make sure that we all all
0: have healthy oceans later. (laughs) Such an important program for the health of our fisheries now and in the future. And with that, let's shift and talk about the big technology shift for businesses. And has it changed your business?
6: I don't think our use of technology has changed per se. We'll tell people that things are ocean-wise or that we have certain products that are produced locally. We've tried to work more closely with some of our local suppliers and helping our local fishermen. So working with those people and connecting with them through social media has probably been about the most. As of late, we've pretty much just been using Facebook and Instagram to kind of work what's happening in the store and tell everybody what's new and exciting.
0: Did the pandemic change the way you manage your business? Or should I ask, did you even see a change? The pandemic
6: really did open our eyes a lot We had a lot of people find us that didn't know we were here because they were at home cooking. And so many people that were just in our backyard that didn't even know and sort of went online and said, oh, look, there's a fish market. So we've gained a lot of people, which was wonderful. We started doing delivery during the pandemic, which was
0: really helpful for a lot of people. And we started doing the curbside pickup. So it's open more of an online opportunity when people were at home trying new things, like sort of giving you an insight about how internet and technology can help you garner a new market. How are you going to use that in the future? We have
6: some people that we will ship fish to all over the country. So I'm not sure if that's something that we will look at more in the next year or so, because there are so many people that, can't access good seafood or customers who've moved away I've moved here and I've moved there and I can't get fish anything like yours so that might be something we'll be looking at doing a new website in the next while as well so some online ordering very well may be something that is in the future We've talked about doing some different classes and things like that on shucking oysters and cutting up a fish, cutting a halibut, doing all those sorts of things. And I think that is definitely coming down the line for sure.
0: You've been at this for 30 years. Do you think your kids will follow in your footsteps? I'm sure it's challenging to get them to help out because they are pretty young.
6: They're getting better. (laughs) you know they used to roll their eyes oh we have to go to the store but now they're getting better it's a little bit more exciting for them now they're sort of understanding a little bit more what's going on and my 11 year old wants money so he, he now is intrigued on how he could make money coming to the store so that's good get him started early Did you think back when you
0: were 14, that this would be your life?
6: My first day I came back and I said, I'm not doing that again. This is terrible. And here I am 30 some years later, (laughs) still
0: in the fish market, but loving it. Thanks Heather. I'll be watching for the oyster shucking video. That's a great idea. Earlier, futurist Jim Carroll mentioned how some businesses were already ahead of the curve, incorporating technology and business practices. One of those companies is up the Sea to Sky Highway on the coast of British Columbia in Squamish. The company, Coldwater Communications. The founder, Theodora Jean. She organically developed a virtual company about a
2: year before the pandemic. I really started it as a side gig to my full-time job, as most businesses do. And for me, it really served as a creative outlet that has grown and sort of snowballed over the past three years. And now we're a team of 20 specialists in media and public relations, brand strategy, corporate communications and thought leadership. And what's really interesting is that our team is and always has been entirely remote work. So we've never had a physical office. We're spread out across the country. And it was like this before COVID and COVID didn't really change much in how we worked and operated. You
0: working that way from the very beginning, how did you find that in the sense of success and the ability to have many people right across the country on your team?
2: What's really great about it is you're not really limited to talent pools regionally. So it's opened us up to being able to bring in the best people from across the country without geographical limitations, right? So- it doesn't matter where people work from anymore. What's really shifted for us over the pandemic is where we were the exception before and people found it a little bit unique, if not weird, that we weren't all under the same roof. Now it just seems to be very commonplace. It's taken
4: basically a global pandemic to generate what's really a revolution in the way we work. And I think
2: 20, 30 years from now, we'll be looking back at this and saying, well, there was one small silver lining in the pandemic, which is it completely changed working patterns. I've never met 60% of my team members face to face ever. And I don't say that as a point of pride, like it's necessarily a good thing. It's just the nature of the pandemic and how it's changed the way that we work. So the team members that I have met in person all joined pre-COVID. And we've experienced the majority of our growth over the past year during the pandemic.
0: We've had to embrace technology, of course, through the pandemic and learn how to function in this environment, which wasn't unfamiliar to you. But can we talk about the importance technology has made and plays, especially in in the small business world where this was new for so many people?
2: You know, technology's always played an important role. And like you said, there's been a big shift that's happened over the past few years. But technology helps us connect with our customers, helps us to streamline operations. And it helps us to improve the way that we work and our results and how we showcase those results to our clients. So for many small businesses, and not only taking the time to build an online presence that shows who you are and what you can do for your customers is extremely powerful. And let's talk about the do's and
0: don'ts when it comes to technology from your perspective and the experiences that you've had building out your business,
2: what small business should look at when it comes to using the internet and technology. It makes sense to adopt technology when there's a cost benefit analysis and it shows that it'll help with operations, customer discovery, customer experience, and things like that. It's important to use the internet as well and technology to listen to customers and ask for their feedback. Doing so really makes things better for them and unlocks more business. And it can push you to make changes that ultimately benefit the bottom line. In terms of other ways to use technology, invest in your team. Good people will add a lot of value and go above and beyond. It's important to support your team to live complete lives. We recently onboarded a suite of email tools that costs about an hour's worth of a team member's time every month for each license. But it saves us at least three times that and it eliminates a lot of the busy and boring work that ultimately would drive people to leave and look for other jobs. Don't feel pressured to hop on every trend. I think that's the critical question that people need to ask. The internet has changed everything, but old fashioned common business sense and relationship building will still count for a lot. So much of what this is, it really boils down to knowing your audience and what they want and what they expect from you rather than trying to keep up with the trends, which is next to impossible. We'll
0: talk to Theodora more about how businesses can stay competitive, but let's turn our attention to two women who partnered during COVID, gave back to the community and are changing lives. We move inland, where the North and South Thompson Rivers meet. Where hiking trails, cougars and bears inhabit the British Columbia Parks, just east of town. West, above Kamloops Lake, are clay hoodoos and the riverside Secwepemc Museum and Heritage Park, which features the remains of a 2,000-year-old village. The story starts with Dina McLeod and Lacey Christine. Dina was the owner of Oxygen Yoga and Fitness and is still working at the business, but Lacey is the new owner. Welcome to both of you. Quite the story how you two came together. Dina, when the pandemic hit, you quickly pivoted, embracing technology, and you started teaching online for free during a challenging time.
3: Yeah, it's true. It was really challenging, actually, when they first shut us down here in British Columbia, with the pandemic. And honestly, I think we were like everyone else, we're like, Oh, it'll just be for a couple weeks. But then when it was extended and extended, I realized that we needed to keep the community connected. We were in our best quarter that we had had as a new business just getting started and getting our feet under us. And then we had to kind of start all over. So when they shut us down, I decided to start just teaching live classes from my living room at home. And I didn't charge for them and they grew into being 172 live classes that I offered to the community just to keep us connected. And I know that we actually grew some fans across Canada because of it, which was super fun. And I mean, they got to know my pets and my cats and my dogs and my family. And then we were resettling into the new rules and the parameters surrounding the pandemic. And then we were closed again due to that second wave. And then a third wave. And then a fourth wave. And then I realized that there was no way I could survive it financially. And I was destitute to find someone who could take it. It was sort of like rehoming your favorite pet. You had to find the right person for it. And Lacey was that person. I call her my guardian angel and I get emotional (laughs) when I think about it.
0: It must have been hard having to look for someone to take over the studio.
3: For me, it's been a really powerful journey. It's hard to let it go. But I'm so happy to still be part of community. And then when Lacey and her partner Lisa came in in November and bought the studio, I was fortunate enough to be allowed to stay on as a manager and a trainer and The three of us have continued to create a beautiful community and it's really lovely and I'm really blessed that
0: we were able to save the community. Tough times and transitions for so many small businesses, but I have to go back to the online classes. I know these have been life-saving for so many people and a great example of the key role technology plays in our lives, especially now. What made you think of using the power of the internet and social media when the pandemic hit?
3: Well, and it's so interesting because even we talk in the yoga community and even through the yogic lens that, oh, you got to unplug to, you know, really find your center. And then during the pandemic, you had to plug back in and boy, you had to plug back in regularly. So I found that people were using social media more than ever to stay connected. Welcome, my friends. Welcome to your ritual. It's good. Every morning, I woke up and we did a 7 a.m. meditation class. That was a guided meditation, the spiritual practice of yoga, and those became such sacred temple. It was a digital temple, and it was so sacred for all of us. I was reaching a woman even in Germany at one point, who was getting up to ensure she was getting that time with us every single day. And then I decided that I would just keep them on Facebook so that people could use those videos at any time. If anyone was struggling coming back into studios, well, you had all. these free classes to tap back into but once i really realized how big of the reach it could be i also didn't have the heart to charge for it because i knew that so many people had lost their jobs so many people were struggling to just find connection and if getting to know me and my home with my pets and my babblings made them feel a little bit more connected then so be it i find even now that i built a circle of people through that digital temple that i would have never expected
1: That's
0: beautiful. Lacey, now that you're taking over, you're taking care of the social media aspects as well. How do you feel about that?
7: For me, it was already a role I was doing previously at my other job. So it's just finding your way of speaking to people that actually draws them in (laughs) because so many people have moved to outside workouts and so many people have moved to working out at home. I know I've got friends that have whole beautiful communities that they wake up at 7 a.m. and they all Zoom and they're still doing that now that we can gather. And that in itself is so beautiful for them. As a small business, it's reminding people that prior to the pandemic, we're still there for you. We are there to lift you up. We're there to show you tricks in the fitness trades and to really fire up your workouts and bring you back together. So on behalf of all of (laughs) fitness in our industry, just remembering why did you start doing something and go back and just visit one of your old favorite fitness studios if you can, and just pop in say hi, do a drop in. Just those little touch pin points Means so much for a small business. It's crazy.
0: <laughs> and Lacey, can you tell me, now that you're taking over, what your plans are moving forward? I know when we spoke before, you said you're helping charities. What's your overall vision? We've
7: started navigating with other small businesses in the community. I know we do have a beautiful relationship that Dina had set up previously with Monte Creek Wineries in Kamloops. So we're able to get out there, I think. Is it 10 times, Dina? Water summer, we're out there 10 times, it's super fun. 10 times to do yoga, fitness, Zumba, wine and lunch. So we're gonna be having that. And then the other thing that we're looking to be able to offer to the community is on Fridays, we're gonna take our Friday class in the evening and we're gonna be dedicating it to a local charity monthly. So every Friday at that specific time, people are invited to come pay likely by donation. We're just working on the logistics of it. And then at the end of the month, we make that donation to a charity in the community. So we're hoping that it is successful for the community and just gives back because we're hurting in small business at so many different levels and the food banks have been hit so hard with the pandemic and just really ramping up how we can support it in the community.
0: Technology is important and it's allowed so many businesses to expand and even survive. But in your business, it can never replace human interaction.
7: It doesn't matter how many beautiful posts you make on social media. It doesn't matter how many times we go live, getting out there and being like, hey, how are you today? Get in here and give me a hug, is really what's gonna make that connection and show people that we are there, we are community. The thing I love most about Camloops is that there's a club for everything. There's a club for riding bikes, for running, for jumping. For- You know, there's so many different types and spectrums of yoga that are offered and so many fabulous businesses. So it's just getting out there and rubbing elbows with everyone and saying, hey, we're here, come check out our place.
3: For small businesses, we really need to support each other. And as women, when we stand up and we empower each other and we support each other, there's so many women-owned businesses in Kamloops and we collaborate all the time. And I am so grateful for that and that Lacey is continuing and taking that torch and running with it so high. So I'm really proud of you, Lacey. Thank you for that. Thank you.
0: Everything you said is exactly what Amplify Canada is about. Seeing how small and local businesses collaborate with each other, lift each other up and support one another. I'm so happy to speak to both of you. Thanks.
7: The key for independent businesses today is online shopping, especially as you browse your smartphone and tablet.
0: Now, as promised, let's talk about how businesses can stay competitive in the technology world. Back to Theodora Jean, founder of Coldwater Communications. In a world that is inundated with so much technology, and you're trying to
2: make your mark and stand out, Theodora, what should small businesses do? I think really knowing your audience is key. Understanding their wants and their needs and then working to address them, that's critical. Effective communication is a really big part of that. And so technology plays a big role, I would say, in really understanding your audience. Even something like social listening. Rather than talking to people face-to-face and getting their feedback in that way, there's an opportunity to go online and see what people are either saying about you or seeing about products that you offer or similar products, gathering information in an online space is really critical to kind of addressing their needs and wants and problem solving.
0: And such a big part of all this is that storytelling component. What advice can you give businesses in the sense of ensuring they're telling a good
2: story, that their story will get attention? It's important to keep that story simple and to make it emotionally compelling so that it really resonates with your audience. And that ties into knowing your audience understanding who your audience is and what they're looking for will make the difference between something that speaks to them and something that makes them hit the back button or look at their phone. And one way you can do that is to make a habit of profiling them with your imagination before starting your story. Write down what you can guess about your average customer's needs and their interests. Take the opportunity to talk to your existing customers. They'll not only tell you what they want but they might offer up ways that you can make things even better for them. So not just talking at people, but also listening to the feedback that they have. And then make your story tangible, have it solve problems and be results-based. When you think
0: about all those pieces and components and everything that moves around and then how you get that out there by
2: the use of technology. It's all part of a bigger package. And what we're talking about here are a different tactic, but you have to have a strategy for getting your message out there and then identifying what avenues will get the greatest results for you.
0: We'll be back with Theodora to talk about the future of business before we wrap up. But let's head to Medicine Hat, or the hat as it can be referred to. In 2021, the sunny city was ranked 21st out of 415 cities in McLean's, Canada's best communities. And anyone who is connected with Baking with Candace would likely add her to the list of why you should want to live in Medicine Hat. Candace Funk started the business a couple of years before the pandemic, doing cooking classes on Saturdays and it became her passion with a focus around cooking with kids. Candace, how did you see there's a gap in the market to take the leap and see the possibilities?
1: I actually learned my love of baking through my grandma. My grandma passed away when I was in grade five. So then after that, I just took it on myself to learn as much as I could on my own. So then after that, I shifted gears. I turned into personal training. But then my love of baking just always came back. So I was baking at the farmer's market, had my three kids, and then it was just too much. And then with thinking about having three kids and trying to bake for the farmer's market, even though I'm used to baking a lot at a time, I felt like people were losing that necessity to teach their kids how to bake because there's too much going on. So then with that, I just stepped back and I just took some time in the kitchen with my kids and I involved them quite a bit with making batters and everything. And then I asked around, does anyone want me to come into your house and teach you and your kid? And all of them did not want the mess in their kitchen. And I was like, oh, but I'm just gonna teach you. I can clean up after. And there was still that disconnect of getting everything going on in their kitchen. So I was like, you know what? I gotta come up with something else that is really gonna get kids involved, kids excited. So you made the leap and you signed a lease. This
0: must've caused a bit of a panic with COVID.
1: So obviously with signing the lease, I already invested thousands of dollars into my business, having all the tables, all the utensils, all the ingredients and everything. So I was a sitting duck with all this overhead. So I figured, you know what, right now, everyone's stuck at home, so they need something to do. So I went, obviously, on my social media platform saying, who wants cookie kits, who wants cupcake decorating kits that you can do at home, get your kids busy, get them doing something for a few hours. Because I know that my daughter, who is five now, she actually decorates cookies for two hours at a time. She just loves it so much. So I figured I'd start with that and in the first three weeks I sold over 60 kits and then from there on it grew. By the time I was able to start I sold over 350 cookie kits.
0: And what else have you done around using technology to support or even enhance your business?
1: So one thing that I do offer is online cooking classes as well as online cupcake decorating classes. There's many different classes that I've done online. I've also done meal boxes where I send the meal to you and then you break it down. I send a video out and that way it's pre-recorded. You can do it at your own leisure during a day that you feel the best. And it's been a stretch of just figuring out what will work and what will go. I offer online support for all those that have come to my classes. I do feel a lot of connection with the customers that come in and they do ask me questions after. And I am always an open book and I never tell anyone you came to my class now you're done it's always just let me know and I will be there to help you mentioned that the community was great at supporting you now how did you build that support Yes. So obviously with starting out during a pandemic, getting the word of my business out was a real struggle. So I just reached out on my social media page. Hey, looking to do a collab here and there, maybe a giveaway with some people. So giveaways have been huge on social media with different small businesses. It helps their business grow and my business grow and really feel that small business support group in Medicine Hat without actually having a support group. It's just everyone Wants to see you succeed no matter what you're doing. I have two local breweries that I bring my pretzels to. I make desserts for a local pizzeria here in Medicine Hat. And then I supply two convenience stores with desserts as well. So that keeps me busy during my non class time. So there's no dull moment here. There's always work to do. And I'm usually here about 12 to 14 hours a day on <laughs> most days of the week. So it's, it's been pretty busy lately. Where has this incredible work ethic and desire to help others come from? The love of baking comes from my grandma. Her heart was just always so big and so loving. That's where I do get it from. But I also come from a very small town, uh, from a farm in Manitoba. And my dad owned his own business, and I always saw him work very hard from sunup to sundown, even past. And when things didn't work out, he would always find a way to make things work. So I really do get a really sense of hard work and what you put in is what you're going to get out of it. So for me, it was never a back down. It was always a figure out something else. So my background has really given me the strength and the tools to see where my business is going to go. Candace,
0: you've implemented some pretty cool initiatives. What advice can you maybe share with other entrepreneurs?
1: I started out with the farmer's market and obviously with the farmer's market, you meet people in person uh, you get to know them, you tell them about your page and then they start liking you and following you. And then I started offering specials on only Facebook. So I would get more likes and more follows and then I would do like a flash sale and then more people would want to follow because they knew what my baking was like because they bought it at the farmer's market. But I would always start small because I didn't want to over invest and then have it fall down and then just feel like it wasn't gonna work out. So I always started small, I worked up, I kept my social media page very active. I post usually two to three times a day to keep everyone engaged. And my page just keeps growing and growing. So social media is very important, especially with businesses these days. People don't have the time to go and look for things. Things are right in their laps. You spoke about the long days, like 10 to 14 hours
0: on top of being a mom and homeschooling your kids. What do they think of all of
1: this? Oh, they are the best. My daughter's actually sitting and watching me (laughs) interview right now. But I've always asked them, do you want mommy to keep the store or stay home with you more? And they always say, don't sell your store. I love it. You're doing so awesome. And they're so proud of me. And I have such a support system here. In the middle of the pandemic, I could have just said it was just too hard and I could have given up. But at the end of the year, I asked my kids again and they're like, no, we want to see you grow and we want to see you get big. So it's quite funny because last year I actually auditioned for the Dragon's Den to incorporate and make my business a chain to go across Canada to connect other Canadians with the same cooking night. So across Canada would be Mexican night and you can all connect through a social media platform. Because so I feel like through the pandemic, people have really become disconnected with each other and lost that. I didn't get on the show, but I'm going to try again. So we'll see. Candace, I can see that happen.
0: We'll head back one last time to founder of Coldwater Communications, Theodora Jean. From your lens, what does the future of small business look like and the role that technology will play?
2: I've already sung technology's praises, but I'll say that it's not going anywhere. So the pandemic has created a different relationship between workers and work for a lot of people. Businesses that adopted technology initially as a way to survive restrictions and keep operating will now see a transition back to a more normal way of doing things, but with this extra layer on top that ought to bring them more productivity and flexibility for team members. So be prepared to offer your normal run of services and products in the real world, but keep that online layer integrated and available. And we've also really seen a shift into a job seekers and an employee's market. People used to be expected to be in the office five days a week, and that's no longer the norm. And many people now expect to be able to work from home most days of the week, if not all of them. So the underlying thing that makes remote work possible is technology. Virtual meetings, messaging programs, collaborative workspaces, these are all really critical to surviving and thriving both now and in the future.
0: I always call them pandemic pros, Theodora, in the sense of the positives that have come out of COVID, right? And one of them is that flexibility in our work life that will help balance our home life. Talk about the perspective on how important small business is to our economy in this country.
2: 98% of all businesses in BC are small businesses with less than 50 employees. Nationally, small businesses make about 40% of GDP. So there's an obvious economic importance. But from my perspective, there's an immeasurable amount of social good generated as well that doesn't show up in the numbers. Small businesses create deep community connections. They keep rural and remote communities healthy, both economically and socially. They provide a sense of ownership and purpose for entrepreneurs and their teams. It's about so much more than just the numbers.
0: I love the fact that so many of us feel more connected to our community, even though through much of this, we were isolated, but just in the sense of now knowing maybe five or six small businesses in your area, because you may have shopped a big box before, and now all of a sudden, you've come a little closer to home. Do you think we'll continue to see that? Do you think that this has opened the eyes to consumers in this country to see and understand the importance of the small businesses in our communities?
2: I hope so. It's hard to say what we'll be like in five, 10 years time and what we'll forget about and how our behaviors will shift. But I'd like to think that our connections to our communities have deepened. We are more aware of the role of small businesses in our community and the effects when they don't succeed, when they have to close their doors. I see it here where I am in Squamish, and it hurts, honestly, and it has shifted the way that I shop and my behavior. So I really do think that there are lasting lessons that we will take with us into the years to come. We now have shifted who we are and who we serve to be largely an agency focused on working in areas of social justice, environmental and economic justice, and social change. And I'm really, really proud of that. So much good has come out of the pandemic for us in that sense. That must fill your heart. It does. It does. I'm very proud of the work that we're doing. And
0: it's nice to hear those stories, the different doors that have opened for different companies because they've had to shift and change throughout the pandemic. And it'll change business how we
2: know it moving forward. So thank you. Linda, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity.
0: Through creativity, ingenuity, collaboration and desire, technology is changing the business landscape. Whether it's the local fish market posting online, joining a Zoom cooking or yoga class, or the reinvention of the public relations company, the way we do business has changed forever. Thank you, Dina and Lacey, Candice, Heather, Theodora, and Jim for your stories and insight. Now head out the door. There's an amazing local business just waiting for you to explore and thank you to all the people in our communities who nominated them for Amplify Canada. Each episode of Amplify Canada, we introduce a local musician whose song you've heard throughout the podcast. This amazing duo, now residing in Vancouver, were both touring musicians under separate projects. Drew and Danielle McTaggart met and eventually started Dear Rouge. The name of the duo is derived from the name of Danielle's hometown of Red Deer, Alberta. In April of 2012, Deer Rouge independently released their debut EP, Heads Up, and have been making music ever since. The Juno award-winning duo has a great story of how they connected. Let's start with how you guys came together and the beginning of the band.
8: Well, Drew and I were doing separate projects, and we became friends through just staying in touch around music. I had a project called Elle at the time. Drew had a project called McLean. And my personal project was tanking hard. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I called up Drew for advice, and we connected just through talking around music, talking through the struggle of it and the passion we had. And then stayed in touch over time, our friendship blossomed into more and I kind of had become a little jaded based on my experiences. And Drew had this new energy and belief in me and basically was like, why don't we start a band just for fun, just to organically bring our styles together. I was more focused on singer-songwriter, kind of hook-driven stuff. And he was more focused on like really great production and soundscape. And so we brought our collective styles together and made an EP together. And this was pre-marriage, so we started dating during that time. And then we got married and had this demo sitting there. It was like six months in. We're like, should we try to enter our EP into this contest, launching bands? It was called the Peak Performance Project. And we did, we ended up winning first place and got all this money and it was like this crazy experience because I had basically decided I was going to give up and just do it for fun.
9: When we got together musically it just felt like the doors started opening and when doors start opening in life no matter what industry you're in it's super exciting because it's really difficult and you know now more than ever it's noisy there's content upon content upon content and you take your inspiration and Half of the battle is to be able to cut through all the noise. We call it earned luck because we worked our asses off, but also it could have happened to another band.
0: Since being together, you've released three albums, you've been on the music charts, and won a Juno. How does that feel?
9: It's been about five years or so from the Juno win. I realize how it stays with you for your life. You know, you get to see the award. It's a stamp of approval. When we get introduced on stage, a lot of times, If we're at a festival, people are like Juno Award winners. And it kind of allows us to be credible. I guess there's a thousand bands and when you hear like an award before, people might listen a little bit harder.
0: Can we talk
8: a bit about your style of music? I think we just try very hard to be genuine to what we enjoy making. There's just a lot of steps that your music takes to get to the final product. And along the way, we just try so hard to stay true to ourselves. I think by doing that, we keep ending up with something that's uniquely us because we can't help it. But At the end of the day, it's our personalities. It's our light. It's our color that we're taking up in the world. And we want to be true to that. We want to
0: reflect who we are and not try to be someone else. During the pandemic, I know you upped your game, including an appearance on the virtual Canada Day House Party Festival alongside Sam Roberts Band and Dean Brody. And you hosted online shows playing your albums front to back. Now this episode is focused on technology and the digital world, so let's talk about that.
9: Social media is a crazy world for anyone who's in the industry, but I think for us it was our only connection. It kinda taught us the importance of why you use social media to connect with people on a human level, not pretend something you're not. And that's kind of what we leaned into. For a band, sometimes it wasn't the coolest to be sitting on the camera and playing an acoustic set in your living room. But, you know, it was our only output and so we decided we were just gonna do that. We had weekly hangs and we essentially played acoustic versions of the songs that were gonna be this album beforehand just to touch base with our fan base and to reach out to people. You can't fake real human contact. You do it for a bit and then it's really nice and it's nice to connect with people, but it's also Zoom is Zoom. It's not the same as being with someone in person.
0: Throughout the podcast, we've been featuring the song, Give Me Spirit. Can you tell me your favorite part of the song and talk about the lyrics?
9: I think our favorite one, I can answer on both of us, take me back to why we started in the first place that kind of embodies what the song is about and kind of embodies what we were going for with this album to try and tap into that energy like it was the first thing we've ever done musically trying to feel that energy attach it to the project
0: i love that lyric and on that note here's dear rouge with gimme spirit That was Gimme Spirit by Dear Rouge. You can find them at dearrouge.com, on YouTube, Spotify, and Instagram. And for sure, check out their touring dates. Well worth it. You've been listening to Amplify Canada, an initiative created by Patterson Media, designed to celebrate and elevate small businesses, the backbone of our communities. For more information on this program, go to patisonmedia.com. This is a presentation of Pattison Media.